Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SWAT radio program here on Wednesday, April 19th. I'm David Gray, along with my good friend Brad Sykes. Uh, Doug McCary is off today. Doug will be back tomorrow with his guest, Rick Rigsby, but uh, Doug has been traveling this week. And uh, we are glad to be here with you, and as always, glad that you are here with us on SWAT Radio. Give us a call during the program if you have any questions or comments. We can be reached at 844-777-7928. And for those of you who may be new to the program or who haven't listened for a while, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors advancing truth and we are a uh, live radio broadcast uh, going through um, scripture verse by verse uh, basically uh, mirroring the SWAT Bible studies that Doug McCary leads here in the Jacksonville area and we have been in the book of Acts Brad we're we're almost through that may be uh, one of the <laughs> one of the signs of the apocalypse that we're that we're almost through yeah, but I told, been, told the guys today at lunch because uh, in totally blessed today Doug came in and uh he is back in town. I, he uh, he called me this afternoon. I said, "Why don't you just come to study? Come 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 be uh, be fed." And uh, he did. He showed up. It was great. And and I told the guys, I said, "You know, Doug keeps telling me we're going to be done with SWAT by the summer break." And uh, you know, I said, uh, "Miracles do happen. You know, if the if the tomb is empty, anything's possible." That's right. Uh, but it uh, we are. I, I'm excited. I mean, we have been working through acts 26 verses 1 through 18 this week and uh you and i were here on was it monday yes I, i'm totally lost yeah, track we of were the days. here we were here monday uh so you and i were here monday nick uh Lekas came in with me yesterday we had a good time and uh good to have you back in studio with me yeah always glad to be here and uh you're right the the days uh the days do fly by for sure <laughs> so well I, you know i didn't catch it yesterday but um, in fact, uh, my good friend Chuck Baker, one of our fellow SWAT brothers, such a Chuck is such a servant's heart. He uh, literally, I, I called him out today at our study. He is so faithful, week after week after week. That guy go get he goes and gets the food. Yep. He sets up the food and he cleans up the food. Yep. And and uh, anyway, he had sent and, me a text and yesterday. does it all quietly. <laughs> That's what and, you love and about just it. Just with a servant's heart, and, and he's—I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, and I, I know he's probably listening. He's probably going to chastise me here shortly. <laughs> but he had sent me a text yesterday, and as is often the case, I try not to pull. I have my phone with me, but I just didn't look at it yesterday. And he had sent me a text while we were on the air about uh, Dr. Charles Stanley passing away. Uh, Dr. Charles Stanley, at 90 years old, passed away yesterday, and uh, uh, of course, pastor at First Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, in fact, Doug and I were talking earlier today, and I don't know if you were like this, David, when I came to Christ in 1981, I know I'm old, but uh, hey, wait a minute, now, are you older than me, or am I older than you? I think I got you by a little bit. Oh, man. By about a year. Yeah, anyway, so uh, we... I remember coming to Christ um, and getting basically um, drawn into a lot of the radio broadcasts by preachers that were on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, not I don't know. I think I think of myself back then. I still remember my uh, well. Anyway, 
I still remember my father-in-law thinking I was crazy, you know, and it's kind of like what I was teaching on today where uh, Festus tells Paul, you're, you're out of your mind. Well, that's kind of what my father-in-law used to say about me. Mm. That I would literally, I, I remember driving from Texas to Chicago to see them. And the whole way I listened to nothing but tapes, cassette tapes. Right. And uh, my, one of my favorite preachers that I used to love to listen to was Dr. Charles Stanley. And uh, in fact, I had a number of, uh, it was, Doug and I were talking about it today. Charles Stanley, Chuck Swindoll. Yep. Um, uh, R.C. Sproul, R.C. Sproul, uh, John MacArthur. Yep. yep. Um, of course, Doug and I were big into Tommy Nelson. Mm. Tommy Nelson wasn't on the radio, but I got it on his tape ministry, yep. his cassette, cassette tape ministry. And he used to send cassette tapes out to everybody. Yeah, you mentioned Alistair Begg. Yeah. I listen to Alistair Begg occasionally. You know who else was Warren Wiersbe? Mm-hmm. You remember Warren yes, Wiersbe? Sure, sure. But you, know, you think about a guy, 90 years old, pastor at First Baptist yeah. Atlanta, I don't know how many years, but a long, long time. Very, very, very solid teaching. Yeah. And yeah. just faithful. Yeah. Just, yeah. just, you know, it, it's interesting. I could tell you about each one of those guys and why I enjoyed them not the least of which was they were true to the word mm-hmm. to accurately divide the truth. Yep. But, uh, you know, I, I said, Dr. Charles Stanley was like a grandfather. He had mm-hmm. that kind of voice, you know, but listen but, to me, listen to me. Oh, I was just about to say that when he was getting ready to make an important point, he'd say, now listen, yeah, right? Now yeah. listen, listen to me. Yep. Uh, but, and then RC Sproul kind of had a little bit of a kind of a sense of humor. Swindoll had such a great, and he's still, still alive. He's still preaching. He is such a. If you ever hear Chuck Swindoll sure. laugh, absolutely, it will make you laugh. You know yeah. those people who laugh and you laugh just because they're laughing. That that was Swindoll. MacArthur was always just so solid, and uh, and of but, course MacArthur is still going strong as we know. Yeah, of course he. Yeah. You know, interesting. He has uh, just battled some health challenges, and uh, I know Doug's kind of connected with with Phil Johnson. Um, and I don't know if, if Dr. MacArthur's back preaching again. I'm not sure. But I know he had some, some heart surgery. And uh, But anyway. R.C. Sproul spoke at our church in, at Ponte Vedra Presbyterian really? oh, as nice. many years ago. And, and uh, talking about his sense of humor, <clears throat> you mentioned um, that or he, he somebody, when he was talking, he said that people have asked him if he was on a – deserted island and could only have one book of the bible with Mm -hmm. him people tell him that they just assume it would be romans and and in his sense of humor he said but i wouldn't really need that to have that with me as a physical book (laughs) meaning he had it memorized oh yeah exactly exactly uh, and the other thing that i'll (laughs) always take away from his uh, talk was he said that people ask him what his favorite verse is and they assume that it's going to be something from Romans or, um, but he said that his famous verse, his famous verse, his favorite verse is Genesis fifteen seventeen, which is familiar, but maybe not quite as on the tip of everyone's tongue as other verses. But this Genesis fifteen seventeen, when the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces meaning that God had had Abraham mm. set up the dead animals yes. in a row and, and 
they God made a covenant. Abraham into the trance, and only but only God passed through. That's so pieces, good. Meaning, meaning that that covenant was that the kings would say, if one of us break, they'd both pass through, and if one of us breaks this covenant, may we wind up like these dead animals torn to pieces. But God knew that Abraham and his descendants would break the covenant, sure, yeah. but God wouldn't. <clears throat> and so Sproul's point was, that's my favorite verse, because if God hadn't done that, made that covenant mm. with Abraham and said, I'll keep the covenant, yeah. then we'd be lost. What was that, Genesis 15? 15, 17. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I like to memorize scripture. Yeah. That may be a good one to memorize. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, in fact, just recently I was teaching through Hebrews on the West Side, same study Doug and I teach at, and uh, I was teaching on that idea of a a unilateral covenant versus a bilateral contract or a unilateral contract, mm-hmm. you know, that our relationship with God is a unilateral covenant. Right. Um, it, it doesn't, what it requires of me is faith, faith alone. Yeah. In God alone. Anyway, uh, I know we uh, we were talking about it before we came on the air about this uh, this church out in Denver. I wanted you to kind of hit on that because uh, the you look at the, the the issues and our culture today. In fact, I I don't know if I mentioned this with you on Monday. I know Nick and I talked about it a little bit today, and I talked a little bit about in my message today at SWAT was you know we're we're living in a cancel culture. You know, everybody's silencing everybody. But you know, it's interesting, at least in the West, the church is not being canceled. Why is that? Well, it's probably because we're not being bold enough mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. We're, we're not declaring the gospel truth. So we've got nothing to be shut up about. Now, we may be, get kicked off the air one day for saying what we're saying, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and you see the things that are coming out in the news. In fact, Doug just sent me a, a, a it was, a I guess, a tweet yeah. from Megyn Kelly. Did you get that? I didn't get that, but but you want me to, why don't we Yeah, I want you to hit that statement. first. Yeah. yeah. This, so this was a was a statement put on this, apparently on this church's website, and, and perhaps this was on their Twitter account. But the statement is, we at Christ Covenant Church, Denver, Colorado, have become convinced that faith alone is not enough. We believe getting to heaven requires we also do the works of faithfully obeying God's commands. In other words, obedience, like faith, is another condition or necessary instrument to our justification. Uh, Then interestingly, they go on in this statement to say, we recognize the possibility that we might be wrong. This is why we are making our appeal to you, the evangelical pastor, those confident that Scripture teaches faith is salvation's only condition or instrument of salvation. And then they actually go on to say, here then is our appeal. Come to our church and show us from Scripture where we are wrong, and we will not only repent from our former position, but give you $25,000. <laughs> that almost reads like a joke, so I don't know what that's all about. But but let's focus on the important thing is the, the basically, the, frankly, the heresy that they're, that they're stating, which is that obedience is a requirement in addition to faith, for salvation, and, mm. and and we would argue from Scripture that 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 is not true. That we are saved as Ephesians. Let's start with Ephesians two eight and yes. nine. Yep. We're saved by grace through faith, right? And this, not of, is, this not is not of, of your own doing, right? So that no one can boast. 
So that would be the first uh, passage that comes to mind, but you and I were batting around several here well, before I've, we uh, came on the Well, Galatians 2.16, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Yeah. Because of works of the law, no one will be justified. Right. Right there. The one I thought of immediately, I mean, we just went through Easter. We think of Jesus in the garden in his passion the night, you know, on Monday, Thursday before he's crucified on Friday. And he's and he's praying to God, pleading, right? If, if there's another way, mm-hmm. can we go that route? Basically, yeah. but not my will, your will be done. So Jesus actually asked God if there was another way. Obviously, there isn't. And or it wasn't. And Galatians two twenty one says, "I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Yeah. And 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 would the Father have caused Jesus <clears throat> to die for nothing if there was another way? Well, I tell people I am saved by works. Yeah. It's just not mine. Correct. Uh, I am saved by the works that Christ did on the cross on my behalf. Right. All that's required of me is that I trust him. Uh, Romans 4, 5 says, And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, maybe we can talk about this for a few more minutes when we get back because if you say, let's leave the, leave the audience with this question and we'll pick it up when we come back from the break. If you state that <laughs> obedience or adherence to the law is required in addition to faith, then to what extent do you have to obey the law? Yeah, We know that the Bible says that if you're going to live by the law, you're required to live by the whole law. Mm-hmm. Does anybody do yeah, that? Yeah, there are no loopholes, right? We're gonna, we'll are gonna we pick that up a little <laughs> bit when we get back. We could make the whole broadcast today yeah, about we could. this topic. But we won't, but we could. Uh, we're here on SWAT Radio. Give us a call at 844-777-7928, and we will be right back after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. 
Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, Palatka listens at 91.9. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed, for the good Lord has come to see. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, happy to be with you here on Wednesday, April 19th. Uh, on SWAT radio and we've been uh, we're going to get back into our study in acts here in a few minutes but we've been talking about this uh idea that this uh a, a church in in Denver put out and I'm sure they're not the only ones that uh the only quote unquote church that advocates for mm-hmm. this but the idea that that obedience is a is a necessary requirement obedience to God's laws <laughs> are a necessary requirement for salvation in addition to faith in Christ and we've been looking at some scriptures that would, uh, that teach us otherwise. And, and another one, Brad, that we didn't mention yet is Romans three twenty one, where Paul writes, but now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So this idea, you know, in several, many, many places in scripture, we're told that faith in Christ like you put like you said I always I like to answer that question that way can the law can we earn our salvation the answer is yes one person did and mm-hmm. that's Jesus right. And, right. and 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 we can't and so it's through faith in Jesus that and and having Jesus be our substitute our propitiation right right and so not only did he die as the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins but he lived a perfect life so that we don't just get forgiveness which mm-hmm. is awesome yeah. we get <clears throat> perfect as though we perfectly adhere to the law that's what justification is god declares us not guilty in terms of our sins and also not just not guilty but as though we had kept the entire law well and that's the good news right exactly is that it's his righteousness that has been imputed to us right it's been grafted into us i was thinking and there's so many good verses james I mean, excuse me, uh, Galatians 3.24, so then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't know, you know, you you hear about that. I'd love to sit down with somebody at that church and just say, where are you, where's this coming from? Uh, You you might say James 2.24, which says you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Yet you've really got to go back and look at that text, and you got to look at verse 21 uh, from the same chapter. And we, we won't get into it here, but I think it requires, and Doug is really good about making sure that we don't we don't pull one verse out and put a spotlight on it. Right. There's got to be other verses to support that. And and I I'm not kidding you. I probably have I don't know 50. I bet I've got 50 verses that would support mm-hmm. uh, justification by faith alone. Right. And I think it's important to make sure you know that. Yeah. And that you can, you're prepared to defend that. 
And so let's talk for a minute, though, about the role of obedience, where, mm-hmm. where obedience yeah. does come in, yeah. because obviously it's a it's a huge component of the Christian life, and and we don't want to leave it out and dismiss it like it has no role, because clearly it does. Well, in fact, uh, just today, and, and we'll hit on this next week, are you teaching this week? You're not doing any teaching no, this week. No, not this week. Well, you may have gotten Doug's outline, and, and we're going to get into this idea of an enduring obedience, a biblical obedience, and an evangelical obedience. Listen, there is an obedience. Uh, I mean, I was thinking, I shared this verse, and many people know it, John 14, 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. Um, 1 John 2, 3, uh, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Right. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, he says he's a liar, yeah. and the truth is not in him. Right, right. And so what does your works have to do with that? Yeah, and I think that's what James is talking about. James even says earlier in the letter that we're justified freely by God's grace, freely justified mm-hmm. um, by faith. And, and this passage here in James 2 is talking about that our works in response to what Christ has done for us are evidence of genuine faith. They demonstrate the faith that we have. Our, our pastor, Richard Cooper, talks about this all the time. I love the way he puts it. Our, our, our works are not meritorious right. toward our salvation, but that they are. And, and, and Martin Luther is credited with saying, I'm, Richard's going to be happy about that. I'm mentioning he and Martin Luther in the same <laughs> breath. But that, that Martin Luther said, we, we're saved by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone, right? That that we demonstrate our faith in growing obedience, mm-hmm. not perfect obedience. Doug is yeah. always quick to talk about we need to repent quickly because we sin. Um, but it's a growing obedience, and that really is also the difference between sanctifica- uh, justification and sanctification. Right. Sanct- justification, God justifies us by faith in Christ. I know the thief on the cross gets used as an example for a lot of different things, but it applies here. He, he he had never he didn't keep the commands of God, right? He was a thief. He was an unbeliever. He was mm-hmm. constantly breaking the commands. And of what God. works did he do? Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. the only work he did was believe. Was believe. Exactly. That's it. That's right. And and he, you know, I, I say this, and you may say this as well that our works um, demonstrate our faith. I would say that our works are evidence of a spirit-filled life. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's not David or Brad or Doug doing the works. It's the spirit. It's it's Christ in me. Uh, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who's living in me. Even even as a uh, justified, sanctified, one day glorified person, the works that I'm doing are really Christ in me. Correct. Uh, right. He is the hope of glory, yeah. as we say. Yep. Yep. Um, and I love speaking, you know, given that we're in Acts, what did what did Paul write or what did Luke write at the beginning of Acts? I've always liked this. He says, My dear Theophilus, yeah. in my previous book I wrote <laughs> or previously I wrote about all that Jesus began to yep. do and teach. The point being that now he's going to write about what Jesus continues to do. Mm-hmm through his ambassadors, through the Spirit, through his ambassadors. But you're right, it's 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 him doing the work by the Spirit 
through his people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, we, I was, uh, you know, Second Timothy 3.16, uh, a scripture most know all scriptures breathed out by God. It's profitable, profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Yep. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Mm. Uh, that's not salvation. That is, as a man of God, I'm going to allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I'm going to allow the Word of God to renew my mind. I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to energize me to live a, a life that pleases Him. Yeah. It, it's not going to allow me to live a life that justifies my life. You know, yeah. my right. salvation. Right. I am 100% justified by faith yeah. in Christ alone. If you take that position that obedience to the law is a, is a necessary instrument as they put it in that text or tweet of salvation. Then like we talked about this before the break, or we touched on it to what extent does one have to keep the law in order for it to be enough? Right. Mm. Can anyone keep the full law? The Bible says, of course, no. We're first of all, we're born with a sinful nature. Mm -hmm. Everyone since Adam. So to what extent do you have to keep the yeah. law for it to yeah. be good enough? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I think that's a lot of that's how a lot of people view who aren't believers and don't understand view. How do I get to heaven? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as the good outweighs the bad, you know, I'll I'll make it, you know, I'll, I'll be right. OK without that understanding of who God really is, mm-hmm. his holiness and his, his complete otherness that, that he can't be in the presence of sin and that and that he has to punish sin, that's his nature, but that his nature is also love and mercy and grace and that he punished Jesus in our place, right? And so that's a stumbling block for people, this idea that, wait a minute, you have to be perfect? Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> you have to that. keep the whole law. Uh, and, of course, that was the point of the Sermon on the Mount when, or one of the points when when, when Jesus was saying, look, you, you say I haven't murdered anyone, I haven't, I haven't committed adultery. I haven't stolen, you know, whatever it is. But, but then he talked about, well, have you, have you been angry with your brother? Have you committed lust in your heart? Have you coveted, right? God views. You know, how, those you, know things. you know how I answer that? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Well, I mean, it, it, it is true. Now, <clears throat> let me just throw a little, uh, let me throw a little kink in the whole discussion here. You never do that. Nah. Not me. Uh, let's see. I was thinking. Uh, sorry, I'm rambling here. Second, Second Corinthians, uh, thirteen five. Uh, Paul he says this: Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. T- test yourselves, he says, or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed. You fa- you fail to meet the test. He says, I-, I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test. Anyway, I, I bring that up because I was thinking, now, I've come across people in my life, I'm sure you have, where they say they're Christian. But if you spend enough time around them, there's no evidence of fruit. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what Paul's getting at there. No, you're not saved by your fruit. But a life that is saved will bear fruit. Yeah, we're saved for it. Yeah, I didn't say produce fruit. Right. I said your life saved will bear fruit. Yeah, and and it will bear fruit as we know in keeping with with repentance. So repentance becomes 
not to get too you know crazy on you but it the reality is for those who are saved for those who have the spirit of god in us in him when when we sin we are convicted over sin and the first thing we talk about it all the time at swat don't we repentance and do it quick right you know and that's to me uh that that's a fruit of that's a fruit of salvation yeah yeah. you know and not repentance we've said this many times to quote unquote regain our salvation right no but because we're saved we jesus said we'll never slip through his hand but repentance to clear up our lines of communication Mm -hmm. if you will with the father and to it's it's God knows we belong to him, but it's just like Peter repented after he denied Jesus. Mm. Jesus restored that relationship yeah. and communication, didn't have to restore his salvation. So, All right, we're going to take a break at the bottom of the hour for the news, and we will be right back on SWAT Radio. It's a trial in Delaware, a state known for Fortune 500 companies to headquarter at least their corporate registrations. Fox News being sued by Dominion voting machines. What goes on in a Wilmington courtroom will be followed closely. Last week, Fox attorneys writing a letter of apology to the trial judge. The lawsuit is for $1.7 billion, with a jury being selected first. Fox celebrities being called to testify, especially in light of private emails surfacing. No matter where you stand or what you think about Fox or Dominion or a stolen election, trials are something we all face, formal and informal. But the trials we endure are nothing compared to what Christ endured for us. And by his endurance, we can overcome what this world and this life throws at us. Getting through our trials means we are better prepared to live for him. Christ is always the answer. I'm Charles Morris at haventoday.org. Expect a few delays because of a crash on the West Beltway, 295 northbound at the ramp to Dunn Avenue. Also, there's a broken down vehicle on the West Beltway, 295 northbound at State Road 21, that's Blanding Boulevard. And there's congestion on the East Beltway, 295 southbound near Atlantic Boulevard. Partly cloudy tonight, low 63, Thursday sunny and breezy, high 83. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, uh, Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, will be back tomorrow with his guest, Rick Rigsby. By the way, you don't want to miss that. Rick is just hysterical. He is so funny. We've had a lot of guests over the years. Uh, He is one of those guests that just will crack you up. So he's just so funny. I wish he was in person because he's even funnier in person. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> hey, I wanted to make mention real quick. Um, I kind of interrupted you there. D- Doug had sent me this. Uh, I guess it's I don't know, a tweet. I guess, yeah, it's a tweet. Anyway, we were talking about Colorado. We we're talking about Denver, Colorado. We we're talking about this church who, you know, made this statement about you're not saved by faith alone. Uh, works are involved, which I think we've sufficiently, at least for today, uh, tackled that. This is uh, a tweet by Megan Kelly <clears throat> in in context to a uh, tweet that came out by 
Ollie London. So it says Colorado becomes trans tourist safe haven. New laws signed by the state Democrat governor, Jared Polis, mean that teens under the age of 18 from across the U.S. can travel to the state and undergo gender reassignment surgery and hormone replacement therapy without their parents, I'm assuming, without their parents' consent. Mm. Megan Kelly tweeted, this is sick. He is sick. Come mutilate and chemically castrate your child here. You know, it's like when, when the Roe v. Wade got turned over. You know, all these <clears throat> various states who were like, here, come here. Right. They come started, here and kill your child. There were billboards in Florida. Right, exactly. Saying, come to this state or that state to, uh, yeah. Listen, that's the world we're living in. And uh, we, were ta- we were talking about it today at SWAT. You know, yeah. boy, the signs, uh, were, there's some serious labor pains going on right mm-hmm. now. Yep. I would, you know, Doug, Doug said, I would not be surprised if the Lord returned. Yeah. You know? We're not yeah. saying it's happening. We're no. just saying, you know, it's it's pretty interesting when you like, have a Nick on yesterday. We got to talking about AI and how just how fast yeah. uh, things are happening. That was going to be the comment I was just going to make is that um, it seems like the last five years things have changed at such a rate. Yeah. Um, you know, there were all, you know, you and I are getting to be old men, like we said. And, yes. Uh, and, and, for the majority of our lifetime, I mean, we've seen a lot of change. We've seen a lot of things get worse, but the rate at which things have seemingly kind of gone crazy seems to have just increased tremendously in the last several years, last few years. It's incredible. I mean, it really is. Well, I know we're going to get into our text for today and we, this week we've been uh, working through the first part of acts 26 who wrote who wrote acts luke you mentioned it a minute ago and i I brought this out in the lesson today and i want to just i want to read it because i think it goes in line just as a reminder that um you know when we have the heavenly message that paul had been given and we saw that in in uh in in uh verse 16 In Luke, going back to Luke's gospel, he says this in verse 21. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilence, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Now, those are out there for sure. Mm -hmm. What he's talking about is the end times. It says verse 2 this, but before, I'm sorry, verse 12, but before all this, So before all these end time things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. Mm -hmm. Speaking to the disciples, Mm -hmm. delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. Listen to this verse, verse verse 13. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Mm -hmm. And then he says in verse 14, settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. Mm. Now, I could go on. <clears throat> but the, the, the key point I was making today is this will be your opportunity to bear witness yeah and as we've witnessed at least going back to acts chapter 9 we've we've paul has kind of been our study over the last 
several weeks, in fact, several months, as we look at Paul, who absolutely was undergoing persecution in synagogues, prisons, before kings and governors for his sake. And so, and they all did. Jesus said those words to the disciples. Exactly. And they all did undergo those things. And, and Paul is the 13th big A apostle, right? And Paul and Paul certainly underwent them like we've seen. Yeah. And earlier this week, you and I on Monday talked about how that, that God shows us how darkness perverts his truth. And then yesterday, Nick and I talked about how darkness persecutes his people. Mm. And we'll look in today at how his people bring light into the darkness. And this is... I'm glad we're going to spend the rest of this broadcast talking about this because this is the part where I feel like much of the church is just sitting back comfortable. Um, we would much rather, and, and listen, in all truthfulness, I'd much rather hang out with you and Doug, two guys that I love dearly, who I know love Christ. I love hanging out with you guys, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. There should be some of that. But really, the point why we would get together anyway is so that you would you would equip me, you would encourage me, and then I'm going to go out, yeah. and I'm going to take the light of the gospel into dark places. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we're getting at here in these three three verses, sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Yeah, and just as an aside, uh, one of the things I've mentioned this before, but it's been a while, um, and you you probably experienced it on on Doug's trip to Israel. One of the places we went was Caesarea Philippi, and this always this I've remembered this and thought about it often since we've been there. But that <clears throat> Caesarea Philippi was such a pagan, dark mm. area, um, and when you go there, you learn some of the history of it, and you see the area where they had this big grotto to the god Pan dug out of the mountainside, and there was a waterfall there, and they 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 offered human sacrifice. Children, they, they threw babies mm -hmm. into the into this pool and. Uh, every kind of darkness and that is where and the disciples must have been wondering what are we doing here mm. why are we here and um that is where jesus basically said to peter you are the rock on which i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against mm -hmm. it and doug's point in teaching there at, at that site was gates are defensive right we yeah. went to lots of other cities <clears throat> in Israel right. where you saw the ruins of gates. Gates are defensive, and Doug's point was, well, if the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, that means the church has to be offensive, on offense. That's right. And 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 going into places, there's no place that the church shouldn't go or won't go. That's right. And that was his other teaching point. So if they were in a place like Caesarea Philippi, then there's no place, which, which was the gates of hell on earth, if mm -hmm. you will. Mm -hmm. then there's no place the church shouldn't go. Yeah. And that, to use the common vernacular, that is out of our comfort zone. Oh, totally. For sure. Totally. For yeah. sure. But it's what we're being called to do, to your point. Well, <laughs> we we were not promised comfort, right? right. We, we were not promised comfort. And and yet, I want comfort. Yeah. I, I want things to be comfortable for me. Yeah. Well, if we're going to take the gospel and we're going to fulfill what God has commanded us to do. And, and we're going to look at that verse. We're going to look at a verse or two here in Acts 26 that really deal exactly with what uh, 
God's purpose was for Paul. And and he you know he speaks about this often. Let me let me just read the the three verses. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Acts twenty six, uh, beginning in verse sixteen. It says, "But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me, and to those in which I will appear to you." delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. Verse 18, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Yep, There it is right there. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the study point or teaching point for the passage is God shows us how his people bring light to the darkness. Yeah. And that's exact, and that's Paul recounting what Jesus told him he was going to have him do, right, when he, when he encountered him on the, on the roads. So. Well, I'm glad yeah. you guys finally got Can into you believe? the word. Yeah. I mean, like I was sitting there going, man, are we going to get to the text? I'm listening to you guys. I had to come all hey, the way from Mississippi I, to get here. You know, I had a feeling when we walked into the building, I could hear you and Doug in there <laughs> chatting it up. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way possible that Doug's going to be in the building <laughs> and not come well, up here. Well, I mean, between him getting Colts involved and everything else, <laughs> I just figured I had to come back. We and, were, we were we were in the Bible. We just weren't in the Acts text. We were we were we were refuting the notion, showing how the Bible refutes the notion that we are saved uh, by in any way by our obedience. Well, in fact, I just told Jeremy, I looked through the glass. I said, no break. Let's just don't do it. We're not going to do a commercial break like we would normally do. We'll let Doug do the commercial break <laughs> live. I mean, I yeah. think that should be a requirement when go. you butt in on somebody's, uh, you know, <laughs> radio broadcast live, you know, in case people ever wonder whether we do these things live. Hey, well, if you need a door or window, you need to go to Ace Door and Windows. Yes. They have been yes. sponsoring us since the beginning. They yeah. are a great door and window company. And uh, Gary will take care of you. Just go down there and ask for Gary. Tell him Doug said hi and thank him for sponsoring SWAT Radio. There you go. How about very that? well done. Yeah, you know I, I don't can do that. I don't do it very often. Tom Neal Trucking. I was say, Let's Tom see the Neil, Centurion the uh, Guardian Group. The Guardian Group. The, I called it Centurion. The Guardian Group. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, no, <laughs> you know, thank you guys. Hey, I, I, I really do like uh this last part because it's so powerful like you Mm -hmm. said brad i think today in the bible study by the way thank you for teaching today thank you for um you brought up uh first peter 2 9 which is our mission right yeah and it it starts back in exodus chapter 19 (laughs) moses was told the same thing you're a kingdom of priests but in peter's uh account where peter talks about it he says you are to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you what out of darkness yes into light yes. and now he sends you right back that's what he says about paul i pulled you out to send you back in <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. isn't well, that great it is great and i think you know as we were just talking you may have been coming up the stairs is just that we we have this idea and i i'll fully confess i enjoy being around other believers that's and it's very comfortable for me yeah, but the gospel is not comfortable. It, it it is to go out, and I mean we we have 
I'm telling you, we flipped this thing upside down. We are all about coming together and hanging out. And, you know, and again, we, we love that fellowship. Yep. But the idea is that we're, we're to go out. And, and this idea that the church is for lost people, no. Well, <laughs> the church is for the saints. It doesn't mean that, we don't, that lost people don't come in there. I think our churches are full of lost people. Yeah. I'm just saying I think that there's a there's a we're we're confused in thinking that oh, I know I'm supposed to evangelize why don't I just invite people to church isn't that the same thing? I don't think it is. Well, no, it's not. And but but you know the the thing about this part of the text where we're basically again, this is the third time Paul's story told is told by Luke. He's it's told in Acts 9, Acts 22 and now Acts 26. But in this account, there's four things that are mentioned that aren't mentioned in the others. And you got to remember who's his audience. Every mm-hmm. audience is is different, right? But right. this audience, he's got who? He's he's before Agrippa II. <laughs> Festus Agrippa II. Who was Agrippa yeah. I's son and right. Herod the Great's grand, great-grandson. And... Um, and he start he the the first thing that's different is kicking against the goads, and I love this because <laughs> a goad it communicates to the ox, I can hurt you, but you can't hurt me. Mm-hmm. I can get you because you can't get me. Mm-hmm. And and I think for for Paul to bring that out to Herod, yeah. when you think of his great grandfather trying to wipe out everybody mm-hmm. to get to Jesus, how did that work out for him? Not very well. Right. Uh, Agrippa one tried to kill James, or he did kill James and tried to kill Peter. He put Peter in prison. How did that work out for him? Not very good. And Paul is is talking about his own life. This is what I love about it because he's saying this is what Jesus said to me. And I re- I think you said it yesterday on the program that you know he's saying I'm like you. I was like you. This is what is being said to me. Mm-hmm. And, and he's giving a testimony, Brad, which is a great lead-in to the gospel. If you share with somebody that the problem with a lot of Christians is we share from a perspective of condescending down mm. instead of, I'm like you. Yeah, this is yeah, me. Exactly. This is what God's done for me. Yeah. That's yeah. a great yeah. way to start. Yeah. Totally yeah. Agree. exactly. Right. So, so this is part. But the other thing is, in the other two accounts, he just says... I, I went somewhere. I didn't know what I was going to do. He says, what do you want me to do, Lord? And in this account, he says, I appoint you a servant, a witness mm-hmm. to what you've been seen and what you will see, Yeah, the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's we haven't heard that before, right, about the Jews and the Greeks and uh, the, the future revelations, all the letters he would write. But then he says, and then I'm delivering you. I mean, if God's got your back, Man, yep. it, it, it's a you're unstoppable, right? right? I mean, it doesn't matter what the world says. And then finally, to turn sinners from darkness and the power of Satan to light and forgiveness of God. So these are the four things we see here. And I love he says, rise up and stand, Paul. Yep. I mean, like it, it is it is a really great I I it, it is an awesome text. 16 down through really about 21, 22. Uh, it's almost worth memorizing what he, I was what he thinking talks the about same it. thing. I was I already got one. What was it? Gen, Genesis fifteen. You told me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 15, 17, <clears throat> well, Doug, to your point about those four things not seen in his earlier testimonies or defenses, the first one and the third one are so connected, right? The first <laughs> one, why are you kicking against the goads? You can't win, right? You can't win. And then to your point, the third one, delivering you from both the Jews and the Gentiles. 
your message, because it's my message, is unstoppable, Mm -hmm. right? This idea that reminds me of what Psalm 2, why do the nations rage, Mm -hmm. right? And make their plans against God, and God laughs at them or scoffs, right? That this idea that whether it was Herod killing the babies or Herod killing James, that he was going to... And, and, and we, we continue to see it today. We see it all the time, trying to silence people speaking the truth, right? Yeah, and again, <clears throat> it's not the Christians going in. By the way, yesterday, there was a, I, I don't know if it was yesterday, but I saw the video yesterday of a trans person going into a store, hit doing an axe attack on a guy, and a, the guy made a comment or something, but a trans person walks into a store with an axe and is walking around with the axe and the guy said something and then he hits the guy and then hits another person. It's not the Christians doing that yet. Right. Christians are vilified <clears throat> everywhere. Right. Why right. is that? Right. Right. You know, and you know, Brad, going to the light thing, I used this illustration last week. If you're walking down an alley in New York and you see 10 guys walking down that dark alley towards you, your first thought is I'm in trouble. But if you see those 10 guys with a Bible, and I don't care if you're an atheist, a longtime Christian or what, even atheists go, Mm. they got Bibles. Now, why would they think that? Because there's something about light being associated with the Bible Mm -hmm. and guys Mm -hmm. who follow the Bible. Well, how many times have you, I've heard you say it. I've actually experienced it personally um, where you've been out playing golf or you've been somewhere and somebody finds out you're a, you're a minister of the gospel. Uh, it's interesting the behaviors that happen. Uh, you know whether it's. I, I think you were telling me about a time when you were doing some gaming or something online, and and somebody said something. One of the other guys that was online with you told another guy, "Hey, hush." Yeah, they said he's a he's, yeah. a, he's a minister. Yeah, that's what they t- <clears throat> they told him. Hey, uh, hey, chill out with your language because this guy's a, a minister. Yeah. Yeah, you know. like what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but still, but the, the fact the point that is, they would yeah. do it, they, they, and and on the golf course too, right? People uh, recognize that there's something that, and I'm, I'm like, well, I'm not your Holy Spirit, but I appreciate you watching what you say. I, you know? I, I've, I, David, I don't know if you've ever been there. Well, maybe I was playing with you. <laughs> I'm just saying, mm-hmm. where at the end of the round, the guy found out that I it, was a teacher of the Bible, and. Uh, the look on his face, because for 18 holes, this guy held nothing back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He wasn't riding in the cart with me, but I couldn't. I couldn't. It wasn't like I couldn't hear him, right? Or, or watch him. Uh, but it was. It was only after the round that he found out that I was a Bible teacher. And then about 15 minutes later, we're sitting in the little 19th hole, and he comes in, and he's just like apologetic. I am so sorry for the way I behaved out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Was that you that told me that? I'm just no, kidding. I, I thought you were going to imply that it was me who didn't hold back for 18 holes. But no, it wasn't me. Well, hey, the, just real quick, because I this God, this is so important. God uh, sent Paul to open their eyes. Now, whether mm-hmm. they, they get their eyes open or not, right. uh, but that's what his mission was. And I, I think about 2 Timothy 2, where it says, you know, um, he's talking to Timothy about correcting his opponents, and he says that God may perhaps grant them repentance. The same thing in mm-hmm. Philippians one twenty nine. God grants uh, Acts eleven eighteen. Those who were appointed, you know, that God would grant them 
And here's the bottom line. When you don't know God, nothing else makes sense in the world. Like uh, you, you don't know right from wrong. You don't know the definition of marriage. You don't know the definition of a man or a woman. Um, you don't know the value of life. But Paul shows people the hope of Jesus and that God's word is fulfilled in him. And when you have Jesus, you can make sense of the junk. It doesn't mean you understand the why of everything, but you know that we live in a broken world. So you don't expect the people that don't know Jesus to act like they do. Well, and I think it's important for us as the believers is to remember it was Paul who said, hey, such were some of you. Mm -hmm. Well, no, such were all of us in, in reality. I think oftentimes as Christians, especially for those of us who've been walking with the Lord for years, we forget we used to be like that. Some mm-hmm. of us may be worse. Yeah. You know, and I think it's I think it's important to remember that. Yeah. Well, it's the biblical worldview versus the worldview, right? When the Bible talks about the world, right, it means those living under the reign of Satan opposed to the reign of God, right? You've talked so much, Doug, about Evangelion, God, our God reigns, right? Mm-hmm. The announcement that our God reigns. Well, the opposite view to that is the view that Satan reigns, or you're mm-hmm. under his power, right? It says right here in verse 18, to open their eyes so they turn from darkness to light and turn from the power of Satan to God. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that's the, to your point, I would be the same way if God hadn't regenerated me. Yeah, but when, he, but when he regenerated you, you're a, you it have makes, a new master. Makes sense. And you I have will. a new, new mind. You yeah. have a new allegiance. Yeah. Well, it's exactly. that Second Corinthians five yeah. uh, sixteen. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Yeah, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself, giving us the ministry of reconciliation. You know. Well, to go back to your point, Brad, we're saved out of the world to go back into the world, not to be in a huddle. Right. But we're to go back being a witness for our new master. Yeah. And that we are a new creation. Yeah. Yep. And and that's why Paul's story is so good, because here's a guy that all the Jewish leaders probably knew his reputation. Mm-hmm. He was out killing Christians. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, listen, guys, I was like you. I, I did it. And he's bringing light now. Think about where he's at. He's before Festus. He's before all these tribunes. He's before uh, Agrippa II and Bernice, some of the most vile people morally on the earth. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing, he's the light in the middle of that darkness right now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're going to look at next week, you know, um, how he shares that. And so, uh, hey, I, I wanted to tell you guys too, I brought you something. Uh, you guys get what nobody else gets before <clears throat> the retreat or the summer SWAT get training the, day. Did you yeah. already get it made up? I haven't had it. I'm, I'm, I'm tweaking it, but these were trials. So you get two red SWAT <laughs> shirts. Excellent. Uh, and Excellent. Uh, I may have to change your sizes. Oh, I don't know what size you guys get, but uh, if, Ex- if that's extra not, large. I, I've got I've got I've got larger if you need it. I don't so. want to reveal <laughs> my size on no, the air. I, yeah, that's okay. You don't have to just uh, you don't have to uh, self uh, self you don't you don't have to say. Right, don't worry about it. But uh, 
so anyway thank y'all for filling in for me while i was gone it was it was a great trip and uh, i love being able to leave it and you know i know you mentioned rick rigsby tomorrow rick's going to be back he i think i think he's writing a new book but i'm not sure but rick is one of the most requested convocation speakers in the country for graduations and convocations to start the school year so you definitely want to tune in tomorrow. It is one of my favorite interviews to listen to. The very first one he did back in 17. Oh, that was so funny. So, uh, but, uh, <clears throat> but I want to go back to the Summer SWAT training day, August 5th. Listen, if you live uh, outside of Jacksonville, you can come down. We have 100-plus men that come. You just got to send me an email at Doug at SWATradio.com. I'll send you a link. But you can go. We do a three-gun shoot if you want to shoot as an actor. I think Dave and I are playing golf. Yeah, yeah you golf. Oh, you guys are going to skydive this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. We have skydiving, sailing, fishing, both intercoastal and out on the ocean. And um, Hey, I think Jeremy needs to join.